Morning, sleepy. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You were sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So McDonald's? I could use a McCafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that? Welcome to the New York Lucis Trust Full Moon Meditation Meeting. Each month we work together as a group to contact, hold, and distribute spiritual energy in the service of humanity and all life forms. To receive announcements for our meetings, please email us at York at lucistrust.org, L-U-C-I-S-T-R-U-S-T dot org. Welcome to everyone gathered here tonight in the Lucis Trust Library in New York City. And welcome to all who are tuning in to this broadcast. It is a very hot time in the summer here, and the humidity feels so thick, it's like you're swimming down the sidewalks. This is an adequate depiction of the times in which we're living. As a whole, humanity is wading through thick, difficult circumstances. The currents of events are swift, and emotional tides are high. The group of world servers are being tried as opportunities for service abound. Gleaning from the ancient insights of cancer, we learn to wield the tools of exquisite sensitivity to build a lighted house and therein dwell. Aligned with this sign, associated with the cardinal cross and an aspect of the secret of life itself, we meet to meditate and materialize the plan into existence. We'll anchor our gathering tonight with a quote from Hart, 208. The happiness of the world is hung upon the cross. The future of humanity is redeemed through poison. The phoenix is resurrected only out of its own ashes. The pelican nurtures its young with the blood of its own heart. Thus is transmuted the highest energy, which lies at the base of the birth of the worlds. There is a roiling happening within the field of humanity as the earth groans and quakes. An immense suffering that has been dwelling deep underground is erupting to the surface in a scourge of flagrant violence and deafening anguish. The illusion of safety and the veneer of satisfaction has been shredded in the aftermath of our current events. Terror transforms the most ordinary scenes, like a promenade in France, a busy restaurant in Bangladesh, a dance club in America, or a train in Germany, into a nightmare. Unexpected votes have been cast in the Brexit unexpected candidates supported in America, and an unexpected coup in Turkey. The iniquities of racism and bigotry surface around the globe, 
wrote traffic stops become crime scenes and injustice breeds more injustice. Millions of refugees wander in the night and many dare to cross dangerous waters hoping to find some new life to live. Many are bewildered, hurt, humbled, while others express outrage and fury. And no wonder, terrorism rages like an epidemic, contaminating the airwaves with fear and exploiting every weakness in its wickedness. A war between us and them rages on all fronts. The sons of men are churning. Let us seek to bring a unifying note into these scenarios by saying together the mantra of unification. The sons of men are one, and I am one with them. I seek to love, not hate. I seek to serve and not exact due service. I seek to heal, not hurt. Let pain bring due reward of light and love. Let the soul control the outer form and life in all events and bring to light the love that underlies the happenings of the time. Let vision come and insight. Let the future stand revealed. Let inner union demonstrate and outer cleavages be gone. Let love prevail. Let all men love. Tonight we gather to contemplate what it is to build a lighted house and therein dwell, not as a way to escape what is happening in the world, but as a way to fortify a luminous presence around all of humanity. This lighted house provides a protective shield of love and compassion that includes all living beings and brightens the lights of the human kingdom that we may assume responsibility as guardians and stewards of the good. The blueprints for this lighted house are etched into the soul, just as the keys to the kingdom are never far off. But at this time, we focus on the masses of humanity. We're called to listen to the voices of the many what do we hear? The language is often selfish and antagonistic, weaponized to inflict as much harm as possible, like the automatic weapons of this era. Or concomitantly, the screeches of pain are dismissed as unintelligible and ignored. Many quietly seethe in despair and pain festers. Differences of opinion are seized as opportunities to bludgeon the other, inflicting the wounds of criticism that are hard to heal. The raging is deafening, and many shrink away, 
choosing to insulate in a more familiar or comfortable perspective and close the door on the rest. These voices represent opportunity for greater integration and understanding. They demand that we look deep beneath the appearance of things and see things as they are. And they call to us to demonstrate a willingness to work with what is given as we do unto the least of these, our brothers and sisters. We do unto the great one. To ignore or dismiss the voices we don't like to hear can exacerbate the suffering. The crossbeams of love and wisdom are fortified in right relations. Loving our enemies is never easy. But this is the strength of heart that must find expression through human hands and feet. The energies in the sign of cancer revisit the metaphorical bite of incarnation that sinks its claw into the most tender place. In the labors of Hercules, Hera sent the crab to bite Hercules' foot. And even the great strong Hercules couldn't deny that pain. What does that tell us about incarnation? In part, the bite of manifestation will hurt. No one, even Hercules, can deny the pain of the endeavor of life. Humanity learns through pain and experience. Every mother knows that childbirth can be an incredibly painful experience, perhaps a pain unique to each mother, but that has not stopped the process. The threat of difficulty does not stop the determined. Rather, the challenges and the birthing pains provide the steps upon which to propel us further forward in the process of creation. As the saying goes, it's easier to climb a rocky slope than a smooth one. Each creative deliverance or spiritual attainment is uniquely painful, whether it's a child, a business endeavor, a revelation, a new way of being, a work of art, or a discipleship life. True artists and great mothers of form can silence us with the beauty of their creations. They incarnate some beauty or encapsulate some intelligence carved out of their own being and truly seem to nourish it with the blood of their own hearts. It is a beauty that is familiar because in great art and beautiful lives, we recognize something of ourselves. It's universal and provides the evidence of the power that resides in intelligent craftsmanship and the will to work with the highest energy, which lies at the base of the birth of the worlds. And all are invited to work. Disciples are like the apprentices to the master artist. Attendant and ever near to the master, the apprentices offer their own life, stretched through time and space, as the very instrument through which to work. Passing with him through the trials and bewilderments, joys and pains, the experiences of life provide the materials for the greater masterpiece. To continue with the quote from Hart 208, thus 
when I spoke to you of an excessive load, I meant the highest energy, which is created only in tension. When I spoke of the redeeming courage of despair, I indicated the shortest path. Thus, let us realize the redeeming energy, for only by this path shall we avoid all the malignant threats. Hmm. The work required is a hard, often painful, surrendering upon the cross. To live the high art of discipleship life is to be stretched to the limits of possibility, pressing the periphery ever onward towards greater inclusivity and oneness. It is a relinquishment that purges and strips all attachments, breaks all bounds, and deconstructs all images, washing the canvas clean. Upon the redeeming courage of despair, the discipleship life begins. It bewilders and disrupts the carefully constructed narrative, giving way to the new. No limited idea stands a chance as we learn the approach to a state of being and doing beyond our wildest imagination. It is the, quote, engendering of a magnetic aura upon which the highest impressions can play, end quote. And it is the purificatory field upon which the lighted house is built. Yet on this purificatory field, in our painful creative labor, what to do with experiences that generate much heat but little light. When it is unclear which way to turn or what to do, and the sheer difficulty of the challenge is overwhelming. Perhaps these are the ordained circumstances that we are given to refine our craftsmanship in life, where dues are paid and trial by fire is the only way. These are the moments that leave many soaked in suffering and where the integrating handiwork of the highest skill is most needed. Training for discipleship is not easy. Many come, few are chosen. The ability to upbraid the weight of the world with the supernal threads of the heavens is hard earned. Perhaps experience is the only way. This is where the true disciple is called to work to weave between being fully human and fully divine, not to retreat from the challenges that burn, not to soothe oneself in attitudes of superiority, or to coldly turn away in condemnation, but to be fully human, to stand shoulder to shoulder with the masses of humanity while being fully divine, this is the vision of earth service. This is what brings the selfless initiates back to this plane to serve, to give, and to give again. And what calls upon the legion of onlooking angels to bend ever near. The Tibetan says that part of the problem is that the spiritual people have not risen to the challenge of the hour have not assumed due responsibility, and that this, in part, explains the mess we're in. 
the masses are making voices heard that have been hidden. In this sound and the actions cast, leaders are forced to listen and look carefully. During this time, world servers are rallying, rightly asking, are we rising to assume our measure of responsibility? Are we giving and giving again? Are we building the bridges that unite and the lighted houses that illumine the dark? Or are we shrinking back in defeatist glamours, impotency, doubt, and despair? The lower keynote of cancer thrusts a defiant tone. Let isolation be the rule. Pain naturally causes withdrawal and retreat. If you accidentally touch a hot pan, the hand automatically pulls away. So what a revolution it truly is for humanity not to shrink from pain, but to enter it with some measure of consciousness literally and metaphorically enter the field of suffering to serve. Whether that pain is physical, mental, or emotional, it is an incredible service for each to receive their due measure of pain and to give even more. Not in spite of the pain, but because of it. To render out of the experience the right tension to work with redemptive energies needed to build the lighted house. In Discipleship in the New Age, Volume 1, we're told, Pain is that upward struggle through matter, which lands a man at the feet of the Logos. Pain is the following of the line of the greatest resistance, and thereby reaching the summit of the mountain. Pain is the smashing of the form and the reaching of the inner fire. Pain is the cold of isolation, which leads to the warmth of the central sun. Pain is the burning in the furnace in order to finally know the coolness of the water of life. Pain is the journeying into the far country, resulting in the welcome to the father's home. Pain is the illusion of the father's disowning, which drives the prodigal son straight to the father's heart. Pain is the cross of utter loss that renders back the riches of the eternal bounty. Pain is the whip that drives the struggling builder to carry to utter perfection the building of the temple. There is a difference between pain and suffering. Pain is like a head-on collision with the intensity of life. It is the immediate encounter with the ineffable. It is an instant that penetrates all glamour and illusion because it is beyond comprehension. It cuts through space and time, forcing the immediacy of now. Suffering is the story that accompanies that pain. It is the grasping for explanation. It is the wishful thinking that conditions could be any way other than the way they are. It is the resistance to what is, adhesion to a particular concept that refuses to adapt. And without adaptation and acceptance, suffering arrives full force. 
The Buddha was one of the great ones who outlined the problem of suffering and paved a clear path out. Through detachment, skillful practitioners and world servers with grit learn how to work with the very substance of life. Detachment initiates the heart and mind into the beauty of unconditional love. Detachment is immersion in the art of living for service. A mind immersed in detachment does not suffer because it is free of expectation. It demands nothing and gives everything. In this freedom of giving, unified consciousness flourishes. The law of economy is in surplus. Patience and cooperation and all the great virtues of the soul shine. In this luminosity, the future of humanity indeed stands revealed. As we make our way through the heat and humidity of these times, swimming along the sidewalks of our summer harvest, let us be ever mindful that we face these times as one humanity. The awakening of the masses is occurring and nourishing this budding awareness is of paramount importance. A recent headline in the New York Times read, divided by race, united by pain. May our upward struggle through matter ultimately unite us to work together and bring forth the birth of healed whole worlds. After labor is complete, most mothers can barely recall the pain. The pain has done its work and new life is delivered. Just as a great masterpiece or revelation stands free from the pain that aided in its delivery, so too let us work with the pain of these laborious times to ensure the utter perfection of the building of the temple is delivered and illumined knowing that when our work is complete, we too will stand free. As in the mantra of unification, let pain bring due reward of light and love. Let the soul control the outer form and life in all events and bring to light the love that underlies our times. To finish the quote from Hart that we started with, who then would prefer slow decay to radiant flight? Only by a broad flight can one reach the shore of light. But he who thinks that peril is demanded is unwise. The ultimate degree of tension is needed only for a distant flight. Hence, we speak of victory not of destruction. Let us go into meditation now using the keynote. I build a lighted house and therein dwell. The full moon approach to the hierarchy. Meditation, letting in the light. 
group fusion. We affirm the fact of group fusion and integration within the heart center of the group of world servers mediating between hierarchy and humanity. I am one with my group brothers and all that I have is theirs. May the love which is in my soul pour forth to them. May the strength which is in me lift and aid them. May the thoughts which my soul creates reach and encourage them. Alignment. You project a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy of the planet, the planetary heart, the great ashram of Sanat Kumara, and towards the Christ at the heart of hierarchy. Extend the line of light towards Shambhala the center where the will of God is known. interlude, is streaming into Shambhala to see the three alignment and inter
meditation. Reflect on the seed thought, I build a lighted house and therein dwell.
meditation. Using the creative imagination, visualize the energies of light, love, and the will to good pouring throughout the planet and becoming anchored on earth in prepared physical plane centers through which the plan can manifest. Use the sixfold progression of divine love as the sequence of energy precipitation. Shambhala, hierarchy, the Christ, the group of world servers, men and women of goodwill everywhere in the world, physical centers of distribution. interlude. Refocus the consciousness as a group within the periphery of the great ashram. Together sound the affirmation. In the center of all love I stand. From that center I, the soul, will outward move. From that center, I, the one who serves, will work. May the love of the divine self be shed abroad in my heart, through my group, and throughout the world. Visualize the downpouring spiritual inflow released from Shambhala through the hierarchy and streaming into humanity through the prepared channel. Consider how these inpouring energies are establishing the pathway of light for the coming world teacher, the Christ. 
distribution. As the great invocation is sounded, visualize the outpouring of light and love and power from the spiritual hierarchy through the five planetary inlets, London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, Tokyo, irradiating the consciousness of the whole human race. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into the minds of men. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into the hearts of men. May Christ return to earth from the center where the will of God is known. Let purpose guide the little wills of men, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the race of men, let the plan of love and light work out and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you all so much for being here tonight. And thank you to those of you listening. I'll briefly mention that the New Moon Meditation will be here two weeks from now, Tuesday, August 2nd at 6 o'clock. Uh, the theme will be emailed. And the Festival of Leo coming up on Wednesday, August 17th here at 6.30. So, thank you so much. Thank you for your participation in this group service. Please join us again next month. 
To receive announcements for our meetings, please email us at newyork@lucistrust.org. Morning, sleepy. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You're sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So, McDonald's? I could use my cafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time, cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that? Morning, sleepy. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You're sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So McDonald's? I could use my cafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that?